I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yak Gadget. For all your kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighting. Go to pelican.com. The 153 Bait Company. For all your hard and soft bait needs, go to the 153anglers.com. Now let's get this show started. What's going on? Facebook, YouTube. How you doing? Mr. Randall back in the house. Hola, Mr. Schiller. <laughs> How you been, man? Long time no see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen you, but yeah. the, the good people of the podcast world haven't seen or heard from you. So lucky them. <laughs> you know, you're welcome, by the way, the public. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, go down in that lower left-hand corner, smash that share button. Uh, Mr. Randall requested this this episode tonight. Wanted to do a little hunting episode. Well, you know, lots been going on, man. Well, we did one. Well, we did a couple of them uh, last fall, and uh, we had Mr. Hurlboss on several times, which then became Mr. Hurlboss doing his own segment. Uh, so. Uh, gonna be some fun, fun chatting tonight. We yeah. also got, uh, let's get Brad in here. We also got Mr. Jimmy Skinner in the house as well. Uh, sure. he's, been, he's been attempting to hunt this year. So. Man, I don't know if I've put in enough time to even call it that so far. If you got out in the woods, you were there. I mean, that's, Dude, that, I, I mean, that's that first, all about the experience. That, not the first week. The first week was me looking at a new piece of property the the second time i went out it's like i just needed the, i thought i was hunting but i really just needed the break like there's mm -hmm. a solid chance i was asleep for about three hours in my in my blind so it happens, i don't man. really call it hunting but it was freaking amazing man it was so quiet best sleep you've had in years right yeah it was great <laughs> i yeah i tend to take naps because i'll get in like an hour before sunlight and sit in the tree stand and just kind of doze off a little bit 
which is dangerous, but we still do it. That's why we're a safety <laughs> harness, dude. If I wake up, I'm waking up dangling yeah. from a string on I mean, a tree. How you many know? times have I like texted you and be like, oh, I just woke up. Yeah. <laughs> like, just start dozing. I used to sit there for a good six hours, man. It's like, uh, what? I remember like it was last year I woke up and there was a deer right in the spot and I couldn't get set up fast enough. I had to let her go. I was like, oh, but you know what happens? What's that? Go, oh, I was going to say, I think the worst for it's like lay out hunting for geese, especially if it's a sunny day. Cause you're basically in a sleeping bag with a pillow. Yeah. Oh, in a field. I mean, it's like, I mean, especially like the birds start to slow down a little bit. And it's like after that duck flight before the goose flight or before the geese are coming up back through and it's like, all of a sudden you wake up, you're like, how long was I asleep for? <laughs> <laughs> my, my first ever uh, duck hunting experience, we uh, we had a blind set up and we were just, it was kind of a steep bank where you literally could just, I mean, you didn't have to pop up, just shoot from laying down. And we were all kicked back and like 30 minutes into it, I was like, okay guys, we got to set up different. Because <laughs> I had already like, my gun was already like down, not in the ready position. I'd already kind of put all my weight over like this. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to sleep. So we, like, we changed that our or, whole setup to sitting up and everything it was hilarious. It's either that or like early goose season, you know, and it's slow and there's no birds, and you take a take a nap on the front deck of Brad's boat and get woken up to a <laughs> shotgun blast. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love that. Which is on you probably could share that video right now. Well, it, and I remember I rolled over and I was like, I didn't hear any birds fly by. <laughs> Cue that up, Brad. Go ahead. Let's put it on. Yeah. Cue ahead. it up. Uh, that's, mean, that's kind of how my hunting season kicked off this year was um early goose with brad and then what we went to northern duck opener and then southern duck opener and then i jumped into bow hunting shortly after that and then it's been all downhill from there northern duck up northern duck was a good opener that was a fun time yeah that was that was a good time man um we even we even went and uh did a little grouse hunting in the afternoon between the morning and evening sit which that was my first time going for grouse which was that was good nice hike in the woods you know but uh yeah i mean i guess we start there right because you didn't hunt any birds early season or i haven't hunted any birds at all yeah, yeah. all you've done is bow deer and yep. then wisconsin rifle season right yep. yep yeah yeah i've been getting out there yeah because we kind of me and brad did early goose season in lacrosse when uh and I wish I went with you guys kind of now. Yeah. That was like the only reason I wanted to come up for that. Because that was the championship weekend. Yeah, right? yeah. That was the paddle trail. I was so ready trail. for that. And then he was like, bring a gun. I got everything else. And I was like, shit, that's the hell with the tournament. That's what I want to go up <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I mean, that's kind of what we did with the exception of the morning and afternoons. And then we'd go out for the evening sit, you know. Mm. Um, but, uh Yeah. Uh, Facebook user is asking what state is this broadcast from? So Jay and I are in Illinois. Uh, Brad is in Wisconsin and Jimmy is in Alabama. What state are you from? Facebook user. (laughs) Nine, seven, six, two, one. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't hunted that early goose season or, or ducks that early. 
Um, so that was kind of interesting, man. It was kind of cool. You just missed the teal season. Like you got there a day after teal, if I remember right. Well, yeah. And I went and sat one night for teal and I'm pretty sure I saw one, but if I would have shot it, I would, it would have ended up in uh, a cornfield and I probably wouldn't have found it because I didn't have a dog. Facebook I mean, user tuning in from South Carolina. So South I mean, the, Carolina. The, the crazy part was like after that, cause I didn't do well, like, I found a bunch of wood ducks out there, but I couldn't get on the teal until you and I actually got some time to do some scouting. And some of the spots we found, we were kicking up hundreds of teal and wood ducks where I'm just like, Oh, like if this would be two weeks later, like this yeah. would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. That is for sure. Well, we shot some, uh, we shot some wood ducks and some mallards up, up North for the Northern opener. And then, uh, you know, Southern opener in Wisconsin didn't go as well. (laughs) Uh, well, the morning sit, the morning sit. And then, uh, Oh, that was a mess. I, I found a slew of wood ducks in the, the afternoon and we went and sat on that in the evening. Um, Brad, Brad had a few troubles with, it, <laughs> with shooting a shotgun. I thought it was going to end missed, up in the bottom of a creek. I was going to go I, get it. <laughs> I missed some very easy shots, and but I like I did figure that out through the end of the season. Though, like I can't have that. I can't have a camera on my on my shotgun. I can't do it. It just messes with my swing too much. And I took it off. And I don't know if it's slightly just because of the forward weight throwing it off, and my throwing my swing off, or if it's just a confidence mentality issue. But I pulled the camera off and I shot a thousand times better. Yeah. Yeah. Brad's like, I'm done. I'm going home. There's no point in just shooting ammo, you know, just wasting shells. And it's hard to find shells too. Yeah. (laughs) Need to come down here. That's about the only thing I can get a hold of ammo wise is steel shot. Anything. I mean, unless it's 410, you can't find 410 down here, but 12 and 20 is pretty covered up. I haven't yeah. seen 20 gauge steel because I have a 20 as my backup gun or like for my creek gun, small pothole gun, like because it's just super lightweight. Um, I haven't seen 20 gauge steel up here since July. Wow. I saw some three inch 20. What day was it? Tuesday oh. when I went to the Bass Pro over by Jay and they had some three inch 12 um, fast steel. Both were fast steel. Um. But, uh, you know, I know I had the same troubles right around opener. I went to, where the hell did I go? I went to Cabela's, I went to Gat Guns, I went to Marengo Guns, and then finally found four boxes at Farming Fleet. Hmm. You know, like the ammo shortage is real. Yeah. It's Make like you a better I, shot. It's on specific yeah. stuff, too. Like, I mean, yeah. It, as we moved into the hunting season, like, a lot of the hunting shit is just gone. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, come rifle season in Wisconsin, I couldn't find any 30 out six. Luckily, I have a really good friend that was very, very kind to me and <laughs> sold me a box of ammo. <laughs> Someone that plans ahead. And and it wasn't even marked up. Like he didn't even juice me. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> that's you know, I shoot six five and that's like I've got one box of, you know, hot hot load. And you got it here, dude. Yeah. Well, I'll bring you I'll bring you some 12 and 20 steel. <laughs> we'll trade. I mean, it's, yeah. it's weird because like there's so much. So for being Illinois, there's so much 308 out here. 
There's six five. I've seen two two three. There's a lot of two two three. Yeah, ton of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's I hunting mean, can, and regular uh, ammo too, like full metal I, jacket. I mean, there's tons of five five six by me. Like that's super same that here. and like bulk nine millimeters, super easy to yep. find. But but the prices are so high right now, I wouldn't even consider spending. Hey, I'm gonna give a big shout out to Academy Sports for helping me out with my nine millimeter situation because they're selling. They've got these 200 round Winchester FMJ deals for any of you folks that like to do some, you know, training and plinking on steel. Uh, it comes down to $17 a box, basically, which is the cheapest. It's 115 grain brass. You know, I've been shopping Standard. for nine mil everywhere. You can't buy steel case anything for that right now. No. Uh, they have limitations on them, which mm-hmm. it's like four total units per customer per day. But I mean, 800 rounds will last me a hot minute. Yeah, I think I picked up some herders, like 500 rounds for, that's uh, Bass Pro, um, for like, what was it, like 139 bucks? Yeah. Something like that, which is pretty good too. I mean, there's plenty of 940, 45. You can't find 9mm hot rounds down here. But like, there's a couple places that yeah. got them, but like, you can't, like you used to be able to just go to just about anywhere and grab a box mm-hmm. of Hornady hollow points or something like that. You can't no. find them. Yeah. Those aren't around no. here either. I mean, not- I got lucky with my new nine uh, that I've got. My buddy is a he's a police officer, and he has just it coming out of his ears. So he gave. I mean, it's not the stuff you practice with. So he gave me a couple mags worth. Sure. And I just have to like hide those so I don't accidentally shoot them because I'm bad about <laughs> forgetting to pull the hot rounds out and throw the FMJs in. Yeah, I'd say all in all, though, like we're a lot better off than we were Amen. six months ago. There's a lot more, you know, coming in and you're starting to see like the limits are starting to come off. And yeah. The prices have came down a lot on oh, yeah. some things. Some of the crazy rounds like like 300 Win Mag, 300 Remington, 300, uh, what is it, PRC. Some of that stuff's still ridiculous. You know, $50, $60 a box of 20. Mm-hmm. It's a still. I mean, yeah, if, if you shoot a 50 BMG, I can get you ammo all day long. Dude, yeah, you yeah I was going to say, dude. Yeah, me and Brad had that conversation earlier because I've had a, a few mishaps uh, during rifle season. <laughs> oh, Lord. And I told him, uh, you know, the gun I wanted to buy was a grenade launcher. Uh, so that way, like, I, I don't even have to field dress. I don't even have to field dress. You just dress. have to pick it out of the trees. And then Brad Yeah, Brad Brad suggested... 50 bmg because that'll just cut them in half so like uh, easier drag you know just drag a half out at a time i, I want to say that and, and with how much you miss, in wisconsin it is it is <laughs> and with how much you miss i mean the shockwave alone will at least knock them down to get you a second there you see there we go yeah there, there we you go. go see yeah. is my boy brian not a good shot um he finally He's got a, it done I, i'm i'm better now <laughs> yeah I'm better now i got i got one of those like I would say buck fever, but it's, uh, you know, just deer fever, man. Got excited. Uh, you know, this is my second year rifle hunting. Like I've always been a bow hunter, never gun hunted. And, uh, you know, went rifle hunting last year, Jay, me and Brad, or yeah, Jay, Brad and I, uh, went up, Brad always rifle hunts and, uh, saw some deer, but didn't never had a shot opportunity. And then, uh, this year opening morning i saw three does come through and shot at two of them with three shots and missed all three and then uh if it was does how's it buck fever 
It's it's not bug fever. That's what I said. Oh, I thought you said it was. I'm sorry. It was deer fever. I mean, deer it, fever. That's in the back. I got excited, man. <laughs> and, and like, I figured it out. Like, I had a long conversation with Brad and I think Jay, too. You know, like, I was just getting excited and I had that pressure on me to finally, like, shoot a deer with a rifle and just got excited and rushed it, punched the trigger, like, all that crap. And I even did that the morning I shot mine because there was again, three does came in shot at mama missed her. And then I was like, just slow down. Well, I had some issues too. Right. So, Oh, that's right. I, I shot at mama missed her and one of the other ones popped back into the, the brush. And I went to reload another round in the 30 out six in like around wouldn't pop up out of the clip so i had to take the clip out and like push on my round so it'd free up pop the clip back in get around loaded then i go to lean down to look into the scope breathe right on the scope so that's all fogged up because it was like 12 <laughs> degrees so i had to like wipe that down and then finally <laughs> was able to aim up and got a shot off on her she only went 20 <laughs> yeah. i remember that morning she should have went was- down Dude, that morning you was like, we're sitting there, you just hear, <laughs> you know. And oh, just, opening morning? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like when you shot, those are a little faster in succession, but I mean. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you were so close. I was like, that's got to be Brian. That's got to be Brian. <laughs> well, I knew it was Brad opening morning because yeah. the shot came from up the hill and Brad was hunting the private land that his father-in-law owns. We were hunting the, the public land. And like I knew where Brad was sitting, and I knew where that shot came from, and I was like, "Did you just shoot?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm done." Hell, <laughs> like, oh, man! I know. And it was like literally, I looked at the time, and I'm like, "It just turned legal shooting light." There yeah. must have been deer just standing in front. I, I know. Of me. Like, My man I, was dialed in on the scope before the I'm, sun came up. I'm so dumb. Oh, yeah. I, I, like, I was waiting for my watch to turn. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it just like you know. It, for the past few years I've done it, it like just blows my mind when I like soon as like first light or not even like it's just on the verge of it. Yeah. And then you yeah. know, you're just like, God, you know, <laughs> all I need, I just need someone to walk in front of me. Just please. You know? Well, they do walk in front of you and you're not <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Awake. <laughs> no, I was awake this time. No, we were so Brian was in the tree and uh because it was like where we were set up, we were all set up off this creek, and Brian was in a tree. And then our other friend, Eric, was in a blind. And then I was just sitting out in the open by a bush. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears. Multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. And um, Brian's like, hey, he's like, three does just like went over the creek. So then uh, I'm like, all right. So I'm like watching. I I just have him turn around and I see down this, uh, down one of the game paths. I'm like, I see a head go by and I'm like, oh, cool. So then I'm like, all right. And I'm waiting, waiting. I'm like, geez, man, when is this thing going to pop out? You know, and does take their sweet time when they're feeding and everything. So then I sit down for a minute and face the other way by the creek because I could actually see over like 200 yards of marsh. And uh, I'm just sitting there and just like watching. And I'm like, you know, get back up and look. So I'm behind this bush and I get up and I look and I'm like, I don't see him. All of a sudden, 
both the doe, like, well, two of the does are actually behind a bush right in front of me, probably about 15 feet. I didn't even hear them come in. Strangely enough, though, the wind was blowing that way, too. So they didn't, like, I didn't spook them with my scent or whatever, or whatever I was wearing was good enough. I don't know. But, um, so anyway, they were moving, like, behind the bush. And I was like, they were really small. And I'm kind of having this thought, like, I really want to shoot one. But, you know, I'm like, all right, so let's try this. <clears throat> So I just, the, my safety goes off like super quiet, like, like, I mean, so quiet. And then the, the one deer goes, <laughs> <laughs> she's like looking right at me. And I'm like, I, and I'm like, I'm in orange and, you know, I'm not even by the bush. I'm just standing there by myself. Like, uh, I'm a tree. pumpkin in the woods. I'm a tree. Yeah. I was like, I'm a tree. I'm a tree. You know? <laughs> and then, so then she's like moving behind the bush a little more. And then every time, like when she would put her head down, I would try to move. And she kept catching me, but by the end of it, she like just bounced, you know. But I mean, they were so close, I didn't even know they were there. I mean, I didn't even hear them come in. So I don't know, but that it was cool though. But they were pretty small. So I mean, I am kind of glad I didn't shoot them, but they you know, eat better, man. You still wanted They're to get a deer. Under. So I, I was burnt up on bow hunting this year just because it I don't like to sit. So I wanted to try to find an area that would allow me to you know, spot and stalk in a way, you know, it's hard mm -hmm. as hell to do with whitetail, especially in high pressured areas. Well, a buddy of mine gave me permission for uh, 80 acres that he's got in Tennessee and it was season had started. It was, I think it was opening weekend, but I hadn't even got, I've never even seen it other than looking at it on the map and you have to walk through the farm and, you know, open mm -hmm. up and close all the gates, get around the cows and all that good mess. Well, uh, you know, I started looking around and was like, well, this is the kind of area I want to be in where I can, do that and uh i was walking in a dried up creek bed and i found this badass bull skull that, nice and i was <laughs> crouched down in this bottom looking at that because i mean it was like pearl i should have took it but i didn't want to carry it back out and uh just checking it out it was real cool i heard a you know heard a footstep and it, it came from the ridge above me and i looked up like 75 yards and there was a bachelor group of bucks walking by on the ridge didn't know i was there and uh, I couldn't see the one in the front, but it was, I think it was two sixes and something bigger. Cause I could only see like one side and he was sure. re really good and hidden. So I sat for 10 minutes. They sat still just looking around grazing. I started, you know, I was like, okay, well I'm gonna close this distance on them. They were walking high on the ridge and I could stay in the Creek bottom. And I, I probably got within 50 yards, which I can make with a bow, you know, and be confident with it. But I wanted to make sure that I could, I really wanted to know what that front deer was because he was staying ahead and real up in the thick stuff. And as soon as I started closing on them up the hill, they still didn't know I was there. They walked over the property line mm -hmm. and that, you know, that ended that, but it was, you know, that was confidence for the rest of the season that, cause the, my guy was like, yeah, man, we haven't seen deer out there in probably five years. And I was like, oh, I'm sure they're there. Y'all just are checking in the fields, you know, go, go take a walk. And, uh, Turned around and was walking back and I went out. He told me to check on one of his stands for him to make sure nobody had stole it. So I go off this big green field and I'm checking his stand and there's nothing in the field. I walked right through it. I walked straight over to the sand, sitting there checking the stand. Everything looks good. Turn around. There's a four point standing at me like 50 yards and he is old <laughs> as shit. Like my guy is probably ready to just fall over dead. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm standing straight up like, oh crap. <laughs> so he starts just looking at me. So I start just talking to him, you know, like, meh, 
meh. And he starts walking straight to me. And I was like, I just can't. And the guy that gave me permission has got kids that hadn't shot deer. And I saw this old four point and was like, man, this would be perfect for one of them. Cause he yeah. was just walking straight to me. So I just kind of went about my way and he, he didn't even run off. He just kind of turned around and walked away. And I called him and was like, Hey, I got perfect opportunity for your son, man. You should come give it a shot. And somehow some word got around and someone that has had uh, permission on that property forever, uh, obviously suddenly decided they wanted to start hunting there again. And last weekend when I was supposed to go, uh, he went out there and shot a 10 point. Oh, wow. So, you know, I don't know, still being new to this, like, I don't know what that would do for an area that small. Like, is it worth going back? this soon yeah. or is everything in a constant state of spook now like because it was a gunshot no. you'd be surprised how yeah. fast i mean like with regular gun season it's more it's i've noticed it's less about the shooting of the deer it's more about the constant pressure from humans yeah is what seems that, to change patterns yeah um so i mean if the area still isn't being like super pressured and they just took one deer off of it i wouldn't hesitate to be on there the next day or that afternoon even right mm-hmm. So I mean, like, yeah. we, like we hunt a 40, my father-in-law owns 40 and I've shot deer in the morning out of that property. And my nieces have shot buck in that afternoon. Wow. Okay. So, mm-hmm. and even the next day too, right? Right. I mean, as this, like the next day you can really like, so I know that I'm pretty, I know that property pretty well, especially years where I'm really into bow hunting. I wasn't this year, but I've hunted hard there, especially if my dog's injured where like I really start to understand the patterns of these deer and the deer I'm specifically looking to target then at that point, like the bigger bucks at that point, because then I'm on a mission to try to put, try to grab something for the wall at that point. And you can see it for gun deer season, like Saturday for our opener, everything's pretty standard. Sunday morning, like things have already changed. And mm-hmm. by Sunday afternoon, Monday, everything's out the window and the pattern's completely gone. Yeah. Yeah, because the deer are just getting pushed from like property to property. Right. right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And especially in that area, man, there's just so much pressure. And you guys got that public land that butts up there. And, you know, come Sunday, you got guys already doing deer drives through the marsh and like oh, yeah. things like that, which just, I mean, there's redneck blinds everywhere. Yeah. I mean, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing I've always noticed about Wisconsin is like, there are friggin' blinds everywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, everybody gun hunts out there. It seems that's like. probably the one advantage to a lot of our public land and like WMA stuff around here is like talking with the game wardens, the WMA around here, the two, they don't get any kind of pressure because it's all about duck season for those guys. Sure. That being said, that season is 14 days, uh, no, no gun. So it opens with bow season closes in 14 days. Um, there's, I think it's a dead week and then duck season comes in and that's it. There's no deer hunting on the WMA anymore. Hmm. And, uh, that for me, again, being like new to it, I didn't scout a lot this year. Cause I kind of decided late that I wanted to give it a shot. So like a lot of them of the trips I've had, have just been like scouting and not even like trail cams and stuff, just walking around looking like trying to, I want to get off the beaten path, you know? And like, I've, I've thought I've been there and then you run around, you know, somebody's like blind. There's a blind on this Island that I, I was wanting to go hunt. You know, they, they just left it out there and there's evidence that people come and visit it. So you're like, well, this like for me, I mark that off. Cause I don't want to get out there at dark and roll up on somebody that, I mean, I don't mm. know what kind of attitude they're going to have, you know, like, sure. yeah, I don't know, it's just crazy. 
Right. It's been you don't want to beat him there, and then you get you beat him there, and then they're, and then you get that guy where this is my spot. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And they're now not you're just, wandering right, around in the dark. Understand that whole I man, we we all own this property. It's public, like. And that I, I had a bunch of like areas that I shared with y'all and stuff like that that I did like before season go walk and mark and find trail ran into a bunch of deer you know i'd go back like uh two weeks ago and there's trucks everywhere like just in those specific spots and then the the areas that are off the beaten path i haven't just haven't seen anything you know and then i'll like the last time i went i went to an area i had a lot of evidence at you know set up a uh pop-up blind you know did whatever left when i walk back to my truck my truck is parked on a main road on this uh public land and it looks like a herd of deer have partied around my truck because i always look (laughs) down and pay attention for tracks i parked in red mud there was nothing there but my boot prints and when i got back it there were deer prints fucking everywhere (laughs) and then I I got on the road. I drove out. I went around the corner, and there were twelve does standing in the road, just staring. I like I drove by them, and they didn't even run off. They just looked at me like, <laughs> "What's that's up?" Always, that's always the best seeing deer from the, like the road. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, you yeah. best believe I almost went back to my teen years when I was. Oh yeah, a rough hoodlum. I was like, "Well, I'm about to stick this gun barrel right on the window. <laughs> yeah. It's dark, and they're staring at me. Nobody gonna know but me and Jesus." Well, I mean, the and one Jesus thing you wants talk... my freezer to be full. That's yeah, right. right. <laughs> I mean, you're doing the right thing, right? Like you, you look at uh, like the hunting public guys, for instance. Like those guys, they will go out and hike. I mean, they they definitely look at like things like Onyx and you know aerial photographs and stuff like that to look for transition lines and stuff like that but you know they'll go out and if they think an area is hot and they get there and there's no sign they keep walking around till they find sign and look at how successful those guys are at not only seeing deer but like killing mature bucks on public land specifically you know i think that's the biggest thing and you know, like that area I sent you back into for rifle season, I knew that spot, you know, wasn't getting pressure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and right you know inside. why, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, that's a whole nother story. We'll get to that. But uh, <laughs> we had to send a rescue party out for Jay Randall. Let's just say that. But, um, you know, that's the thing, man. You just got to keep, keep tracking in until you find that, that fresh sign. You know, there might be sign there from two weeks ago. It doesn't mean the deer are still moving through there, yeah. you know. So, I mean, that's that's a big, big thing. Before we get to your rescue mission, though, Brad had a, a his deer that he shot twitch on him a little bit after it had been dead for 45 oh, minutes. I've heard this story. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anybody listened to my show for my birthday episode, I kind of went into detail, so... My whole plan when I was going out was I was shooting the first big body deer I saw. I didn't care if it was a buck or a doe. I had takes for both. So it's early, and I shot my deer 10 seconds into opening. I mean, it it's dark. I mean, I was able to confirm it was a whitetail, but I when I shot it, I actually thought it was a doe. I mean, its head was kind of buried in some trees. Like, there's trees behind it, not in front of it. And, like, I had, I had its face in my scope, and I'm like, that's a whitetail for sure. I went back, slid over to the body, took my shot, 
it kicked real hard, ran 70, 70 ish yards. And I couldn't see it anymore because it kind of crested down a hill. So my father-in-law and niece were coming out to hunt and they like to sleep in. They, they get there about seven 30 when shooting times about six 30. Yeah. Maybe, maybe more like seven. Right. So they rolled in around that time and I'm like, all right, they're coming in the woods. Let's go find this thing. So I walk over, look for blood, no blood, like no blood. I think I texted Brian. I'm like, dude, I yeah. missed, I missed, like I ain't got blood anywhere. I'm like, great, great. I'm like, well, I know these trails. Like I'm very familiar with this property. I know the trail it ran down. I'm like, let's just take a quick walk. Like we won't burn out the woods. We won't blow them up. We'll take a quick walk. I walked 40 yards and I saw it laying there. It was downhill. So I walked up behind it, poked it a couple times in my gun barrel. I'm like, it's dead. Went back to my tree stand. I figure I'll drag it out later. So about an hour later, my niece leaves to go to the bathroom. Perfect. Let's go get my deer and get out of here. I'm done. I'm going duck hunting. So I walk up. I, I walk up to the ridge, like by where my vehicle would be, put all my stuff there, walk down with a drag harness, go to grab the ear of what I think is a doe, I, and the head twitches. Like the head seriously does a solid twitch. And I'm like, I jump backwards. I'm like, this thing, what? Like, there's no way. Like, this is so <laughs> zombie whitetail. Right? So I give it a couple of little solid kicks to the rear spine at this point. Cause I'm like, if you're going to wake, if you're getting up, you're getting up. Like we're not messing around here anymore. Let's like, be we're real not... here. My man probably his elbow dropped this thing. And did, <laughs> like, ah! So I walk back up to it and look, and I stepped on the antler. Like it wound up being a buck. Like my whole time in my head, I'm like, I thought, cause it walked out with two does and it was a doe and a fawn. And then this buck and it like, wasn't chasing these deer. So I really thought it was just a doe legging behind. So yeah, I shot my buck right away, which it's fine. Like my whole plan was to shoot the first good body deer I saw. But yeah, like that thing gave me a mini heart attack. Yeah, ten <laughs> seconds in the legal shooting time and season's over. Yeah, I think he's lying. I think he's like hunting with nogs, man. He's got his night yeah. vision rolled down. <laughs> he's, he sees. No, I looked. I looked, at, I looked at the clock. I looked at yeah. the clock when I heard that that round come we off. We were very close. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not, I mean, night vision isn't legal in Wisconsin. So I mean, would I be point. running? Would I be running thermal? Eh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not. Yeah. I, I don't have the budget for that. Would I consider it? Maybe. Brad's like, I was just getting done cooking my eggs in the blind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I went out. I mean, it's kind of weird because I'm so like, I'm really thorough on like everything I do. And I went out there wanting to shoot the first big body deer, which is what I did. But it really threw me for a loop. The fact that I missed that. It, I mean, it wasn't a big deer. I mean, it was a smaller buck, but definitely like it really threw me for a loop that I, like, that I missed it. But then I missed that at this, like, here we go. Like that. I missed that. This was a buck. I mean, <laughs> it is, I did. It is, named Elliot. Really is him. It is Elliot. Right. I mean, that's Elliot. <laughs> yeah. if y'all have seen open season, my, my buck looks just like Elliot. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but I mean, it's, I mean, it was about 70 yards away and you can kind of see like behind here, like you got all that scrub tree. Yeah. And that's what my background was. And it was dark. Like it was mm -hmm. bright enough out for me to confirm that it was a white tail, but that's about it. Okay. Well, here's, here's a situational question for you because, and by no means what you did was unethical at all. You had a tag for both. You knew right. what you wanted to do and you did it. But why didn't you want to sit a little longer, wait for the sun to come up a little more? I mean, was it, you were just like, 
Was it just I want to get in and out and be done with this and fill the no, freezer? Or? No, because yeah, it was, yeah. You know, <laughs> hold on. So that first doe in the fawn had already walked at an angle I couldn't even get a shot at anymore. Mm. And this one leg behind long enough for me to get a clean shot. And I wanted a good, I wanted a deer for the freezer. I wasn't in it for horns this year. I wasn't like, I didn't want to, like, I wouldn't say I didn't want to put effort in, but my whole focus all year has been birds. Like it really yeah. has been, yeah. I've been driven by birds. So my goal was to go out and put a deer in the freezer. That was my goal. And and when I saw this, I'm like, and I, I remember this from meat eater. Like I, it always plays in the back of my head. If you'd shoot that deer on the last day, don't pass it on the first. Yeah, yep. I love that. Yeah. And if this deer, if I didn't have a deer in my, if I hadn't, didn't have a deer down and this deer walked out on Sunday afternoon, I'd have taken it in a heartbeat. Man, so had I listened to that advice, my freezer and I would have bought a new freezer would be yeah. freaking full right now this instead of sitting on a stack of tags. Yep. <laughs> I mean, with the way it sounds like you shoot, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> well, with a bow, he's a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. That's good, though. You've got to be good. Do it, the, do it the harder way. But I had 100% confidence in the fact it was a whitetail. Like, I did take yeah. the yeah, time yeah. to confirm well, that. Because, I mean, no, because, no, that's actually a pretty serious thing because 20 minutes for me, an elk was shot. Yeah, that's oh. what I was just going to say. Let's talk about that because, you know, people Which is extremely may not... south for us. Like, we yeah. do have elk in Wisconsin that was reintroduced. We have two herds. We have the Clam Lake herd, which is northwest Wisconsin, way northwest, like almost pushing Haywardish area, north yeah, yeah. of Park, northwest of Park Falls. And then we have the Black River Falls herd, which is about two hours northwest of Madison, not towards the like on its like kind of on its way to Eau Claire, not towards like the lacrosse side. Yeah. Um, but this elk, this mature bull elk, and it was a gorgeous elk. I actually talked to a warden about it um at a, at a duck hunting on Thanksgiving morning. Um, and he showed me pictures of it from like right when it was shot, and it was a gorgeous bull elk, and it was not even 20 minutes from my from where we uh, okay. We're going we're gonna take a second here. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. <laughs> so, two things happened. That guy knew exactly what the hell it was. Yeah. And was like, I'm playing stupid. Boom! I thought it was a whitetail. Okay, or is some senile old man that thought that that was the most massive whitetail he had ever seen. That's a Boone and Crockett 400 pound monster. And shot it and was completely mistaken. Because I don't feel so, like you can mess that up. Was it like, shot when it was dark? I don't know when it, I, I don't know. I did not ask the warden what time of day it was shot. I should have because I that is a good question. But I, don't I mean, I'm sure it was either first light or last light, right? Still, Who knows? Though, you said Who, it was mature, years? man. Their body yeah. mass oh, yeah. is like over twice that Dude, of even the, a yeah. The antlers like a should be a dead giveaway. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like the size of that animal and the antlers. I mean, the antlers well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like if it was early or late and you can't see the rack cracking everything it's walking by, right? Its body mass is still yeah. unmistakable. Like, right? Oh yeah. yeah. It's the size yeah. of a horse. It's yeah, the size literally. of a horse. But I mean, two years ago, there was two cows shot, cow elk shot by the same hunter. On accident. On a, right. 
Now that I don't still have his license. You know? That I don't know I mean, what all happened there, but um, but yeah, um, even if this guy shot it saying like, "Oh, I, I was an accident," but did it intentionally, he gets nothing. Like you don't get any of the meat. You don't get yeah, the. Yeah, they rap. take it all. Oh yeah, it's all confiscated. You get nothing. So I mean, what do you what? I mean, what kind of you don't have any bragging rights to poaching that none. What do you? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm the guy that well, poached. Unless the you get away with it, and some people are stupid enough to take a chance at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this guy called it in right away. Like he knew he made oh, a mistake. Okay. Like this guy, he didn't try to hide it or anything like that from talking to that board. And he made he called it in right away. Sounds like he should give up on whitetail hunting and go shoot elk. Yeah, sounds like probably... he might want to move. Well, I, I wouldn't recommend he moves out west because then he's gonna have to try to figure out the difference between elk, whitetail, and mule deer. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> I wasn't sure, so I shot one of each. Am I in the wrong? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I don't know how you miss. See, I thought I was under the impression it was a it was a cow elk. You know, no, no it was like a it was like a I, four I by five bull. I don't know how the hell you mistaken a a four by five no, bull elk, Brian. For a freaking whitetail buck, yeah, like, that, that profile is like insanely. Large. Yeah, dude, and and like you said, like what the guy might have got a picture with it. Like you don't get the the right. meat, the the rack. You, you don't get any of that. Like, well, I'm sure the guy got a picture with it. It's probably a oh. crime scene photo. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I, I'm, I'm thinking. Sure. I'm thinking too. It's, like instead man, of a grip and grin, it's him in handcuffs. Yeah, just, right. Yeah. Right. Well, Wisconsin's a little different with the tags, but I don't know what that's like for elk. So. Yeah. You know? Well, they they do have elk hunts, right? But it's lottery, and it all goes off point system or something it's, like that. It's hundred percent lottery. System. There are no points. Yeah. Um, and there's ten tags every year. Um, I if I remember correctly, five go towards some of the Indian tribes up there, and then mm-hmm. five are raffled off to anybody who applies. Yeah. And that's only the Clam Lake herd. The Black River herd is not strong enough yet to be hunted. So there's only one herd, and they offer 10 tags for every year. And that just started. I think this is our second or third year. Yeah, I was going to say it's somewhat new. Because the first year, there was five tags to the tribes, and then four tags to hunters, and Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation got to raffle one off because they put so much seed money in to give you this herd. And that one went for $40,000 or something, Who knows? which is great. I have no problem with that. So while yeah. before before we move away from this, you talking about the elk made me think of it. Something uh, in the in the Alabama whitetail page today, a guy posted a game camera photo down in South Alabama of a red stag walking across his game camera. Now, anybody that knows anything about exotic animals, those don't live anywhere close to America. Okay, not in New Zealand. New Zealand is about <laughs> it, and this yeah. is a nice size stag. Uh, some of the old timers chimed in, and were like. No, you're right. That's a red stag. Um, there are two people in Alabama that have, uh, there's plenty of people in Alabama that keep exotic animals, zebras, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But this guy was raised red stag. And apparently, I think one of the stories I saw was like a storm happened and took his high fence down. Yeah. And they disappeared. And that was five years ago. And a guy, the guy said he contacted the game warden. The game warden was like, shoot it. So like, there's nothing against it. No one's came to claim it. They're not tagged. They're not chipped. They're not wearing collars. Hmm. He's like, shoot it. You wouldn't get it wrong. It's not illegal. So I bet you there's going to be a whole lot of hunters this weekend in South Alabama going red stag hunting. Well, that's that's... crazy because I don't, in Wisconsin, it wouldn't be legal. In Wisconsin, you wouldn't be able to shoot that. That not to the best of my knowledge, because it's not, I don't think that would fall under unprotected species. Because that's no different than like, let's say, 
a Eurasian pheasant, which is planted at a game farm and moves up and gets flushed and moved to public land. Um, if pheasant season's open, you can shoot it. But if pheasant season's closed, you can't because it falls under like pheasant hunting under the pheasant hunting rules. I don't think you could shoot a red stag here because there's no tags for it. Like, I don't think that would be an unprotected species. See, with, with Alabama and our lack of tags, because we don't have, I mean, there's no lotteries. Um, most of your tag stuff is like we have Sandhill Crane tags. Um, God, I think that's it. Uh, I mean, you can get like night hunting permits for like pigs, but we don't really tags is for the most part, non-existent down here. They always talk about Alabama is one of the most opportunistic places to go hunt. We have very, very just loose bag limits. It's not expensive to come hunt if you're non-resident, you know, and the only thing I would think is they would take it as it's an unregulated species and unprotected. Sure. You know? See, and I think Texas is the same way because you had all those high fence game farms, you know, people raising exotic animals and then they couldn't afford them and they let them go into the wild. And I mean, you hear all kinds of stories of like all kinds of different animals running around that area, you know? And I think it's the same way where like, if it's something that's not regulated by the DNR, you can, you can shoot and harvest it. Yeah. As long as you're following like your other basic rules, like, like for instance, you would like, if it walked out on the WMAs here, you wouldn't be able to shoot it right now. It is deer season, but it's coinciding with duck season. So, you know, you can't harvest hooved animals inside those areas. You know, there's there's certain limitations, but down there, I mean, this was on somebody's, you know, like, thousand acre hunting club. And they were like, nah, shoot it. So, That's it's weird. crazy. You think, yeah, that kind of an animal would be definitely protected to some extent. <clears throat> I, I would assume I that if it I had been agree. introduced by like the uh, Department of Conservation that it would be different. But this Mm -hmm. was probably, who knows, an illegally purchased animal at some point raised for, I mean, they were probably raising them to harvest for their own, you know, deal. Mm -hmm. And at that minute, it's like, you know, shooting the neighbor's dog, kind of. It's Yeah, so. It's a rough way to put it, but it's it's a pet more than it is a protected animal. But I mean, I'm a hundred percent okay with with being a hundred percent legal with shooting that because it's 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 an invasive species. Yeah. It's not it's not native to our area, so it's no different than hogs. Like, look at the problem. Like, I'm not saying red stags are going to be the next problem, right? But you have no idea what introducing a non-native species to a to an area can do. Yeah, they were talking about that too. Like, you could get like they were talking. There was guys jumping in talking about like the possibilities of them breeding with whitetail. And, you know, it could have cool effects. It could have terrible effects on populations in the area. You know, who knows, you know, with it have been like on a farm its whole life, not a native animal. You don't know if it's carrying anything, you know, like bacteria or, you know, how certain diseases, not CWD, but something like that can affect it or how it can transmit it and carry it, blah, blah, blah. There's, there's probably a ton of reason why they would say, yeah, just shoot it. And it is. It's just one. So, so I'm looking at Texas's website, and it uh, it states on private property there are no required means and methods of take, state bag or possession limits, or close season hunting hours on exotic animals, exotic fowl, or other species species not included in any of the previous addressed categories. 
an exotic animal is any animal that is not indigenous to Texas, including but not limited to Audad sheep, axis deer, elk, sicka deer, phyllo deer, red deer, and black buck, and nilagai antelope. Nilagai. An exact an exotic fowl is any avian species that is not indigenous to Texas and is also not protected by the Federal Migratory Bird Act, uh, including but not limited to. I don't even know what the hell that is. Rates, R A T I T E S, emu, ostrich, cassowary, something like that. Um, what the hell do they got running around in Texas? But Everything. dude, they have all kinds of crap, dude. <laughs> it but like here's it. the thing too: it says can hunts dangerous wild animals. Mm-hmm. Like you can't harvest a lion, a tiger, a leopard, a cheetah, hyena, bear, elephant, wolf, or rhinoceros, or any subspecies of hybrid of these animals. You know, because people down there, they'll what is that? That uh, tiger king or whatever yeah. the hell that is, like. They can't like have somebody come pay him like forty grand yeah. to like let that tiger loose and go shoot it. Wait, there are rhinoceroses running around in Texas. <laughs> there might be. <laughs> like, might I be. mean, that was the one thing that stuck out on that whole list. <laughs> There's elephants you. in there too. It, I, have you ever heard of a it's... heard of Nilgai before? Do you know what that is? No. Okay, so they they hunt them a lot in Mexico. So imagine like a big brahma bull or angus cow with antelope antlers it is the weirdest dark colored looking slow animal you've ever seen like that that bushy tail like it's like very stringy or something yeah they got like some stripes on their back sometimes okay so so, like two stripes in order to shoot one of these exotic animals this is interesting right um you have to have a valid hunting license um but obviously no tags. You can't, uh, I don't even think Texas has public land, um, but you can't shoot it from a public road or right away. Um, it's got to be on private property. Um, but then it says feral hogs and coyotes. Um, you have to have hunter education requirements, but you don't have to have a hunting license if you're hunting on private land. Um no hunting license is required to hunt on depredating coyotes on private land. Um, and then this is interesting too. Mountain lions are classified as non-game animals. They are not protected and can be harvested at any time. Please report mountain lion sightings, harvest, or mortalities to, you know, the the game. I mean... Except for the pelt, I just don't get the point of hunting a mountain lion. Um, because they will eat I guess dogs, cattle, cats, cattle, cattle. You know, a, a lot of what you see and hear about from the farmers out there is like when one is not being able to like naturally find his own prey. When they start to get thin, you know, and desperate, they'll start mm-hmm. coming closer to farms you know, picking off their cattle or like goat farm, stuff like that. And I mean, that's money out of those folks pocket. No, I get it. I, I don't know. It's just, I don't know for us. It's, it's not a thing, right? Cause we don't get to see them. I mean, I'm sure there's something going on out there in the deep woods, but we don't see them. I can understand from that aspect. They're like, 
they they're out west they do a dog drive for mm-hmm. it or dog yeah I've they run that. dogs for lines i don't get the appeal in that other than working the dogs because working the dogs is the the trick you know mm-hmm. but after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers if we've learned anything it's that there's always a catch so when i heard that mint mobile wireless plans are 15 dollars a month when you purchase a three-month plan i thought what's the catch but after talking to them it all made sense there isn't one mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you to get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com waypoint that's mintmobile.com waypoint Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I don't know. I'm, I'm weird about hunting cats, though. Dude, they hunt you back. Yeah, no shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Well, there was, uh, I was listening to Joe Rogan, man, and obviously everybody knows he moved to Texas, and he said uh, the one night evening, they saw this mountain lion, dude, that was like the size of a freaking bear. He said this thing had four arms, like that were just freaking ridiculous, dude. And he's like, it's the biggest mountain lion he's ever seen, like in real life, but like also like just seeing images and stuff of this thing. This thing is huge. I mean, there's been so many instances where those things have like attacked hikers. Mm-hmm um hunters you know things like that like i i don't know man they're they're not the greatest man, no, well, I, I know. I got... in california they're a problem too they say when you walk into the woods of your kids yeah your kids and you need can't to be hunt in the them middle in of you. Yeah. yeah you can't hunt them out there but you, yeah. you have your kids in the middle of you because there's been instances where people's kids have like disappeared dude, like watching, right uh, behind them i saw so, this video the other day this dude was in florida walking his little dog and this gator grabbed it Oh. This old man jumped in and like was like prying the jaws of this gator. I saw that. And I was like, dude, yeah. this guy is out of his freaking mind. Just and he to got his dog, his dog back. He yeah, got he his did. Dog back, though. I was like, looking over, looking over Wisconsin statutes real quick, like not really diving in. Being that red steak isn't listed as a protected or endangered species in Wisconsin, nor does it have a hunting season, it would actually fall under unprotected wild animals, and you would be able to harvest it. Yeah. As long as you had a small game license. That's interesting. Now, don't quote me on that. Like, if y'all go and shoot, like, a, a red steak in Wisconsin, <laughs> I am not the Brad man that has it. Yeah, Brad told me I could do it on that podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but looking over, like, the state legislature, yeah, I went way past the DNR site into our state legislature site. It yeah. looks like it'd be legal. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's how it is for most states. If it's not listed as a species and you actually harvest it, like that's fine. Like, like I know in Illinois, um, like black bear isn't a protected species because we don't have bears here. But there's been many instances where black bears have come over the state line out of Wisconsin. You usually don't see them that far south. Like you'll see them kind of in Brad's area, but like not necessarily any further south than that typically. Um, they're rare by us they're rare yeah yeah that blows my mind that y'all are like bypassed and we have like okay i say we have them tennessee kentucky they do have black bear they say alabama does not 
which is stupid because the Alabama uh, state animal is a bear. A lot of people don't know that. Look it up. <laughs> Interesting. There are pictures of them in the 80s, in the, well, 70s and 80s, when they were building some of the big neighborhoods in uh, Mountain Brook down by the center of the state of black bear, you know, sow and cubs walking around these sites. They're building neighborhoods. And that a funny little quick story, how recent that they've been sighted two years ago. My wife, uh, she works at the sheriff's office, so she gets, you know, 911 calls. Well, me and her were... Sorry, go ahead. No, No, you're good. But we were out hiking one day, and I've never seen, you know, like bear scat in person. But we walked up on something, and I was like, man, because I, you know, watch Meat Eater, you know, watch Western Hunts, Jim Shockey. I was like, dang, honey, that looks just like bear scat. We just laughed it off, kept going about it. The next night, she got a phone call about three miles from three miles from there. A woman, a crazy old crackhead lady called and said that there was a bear in her front yard. They sent a sheriff's deputy out there thinking it was nothing. And sure as shit, she had a black bear in her trash can. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. and like, you know, they say they're not here, but that it just blows. going back to what I was getting at those. I was, I thought y'all had black bear at minimum black bear. Not, not in Illinois. And typically when they're seen, uh, typically what happens is, uh, I think it's Department of Wildlife gets involved and they try to um, dart that bear and then return it back up north to Wisconsin somewhere. That's what I was told happened to this one. They found it, darted it, and yeah. I, I'm not sure where they take it. but Yeah. I mean, imagine living in like Alaska and having grizzly bears like mm-hmm. digging through your garbage cans. Like, I want that. I'm, that's the only animal. Like I say, no. what I say about not wanting to hunt cats because they hunt back. The only thing that scares me to think about is an encounter, a surprise encounter with a grizzly. Like when all my dreams of going out west and going elk hunting in Montana and Wyoming, and like hearing some of these, like for anybody that doesn't listen to Meat Eater, uh, or uh, maybe you know who Remy Warren is, go check out his podcast, Closing the Distance, and listen to their story from their uh, yeah. successful elk hunt in uh, mm-hmm. a Fognac Island, Alaska, when they ran up on, um, it ended up being like a 12 and a half foot tall, like 1400 pound grizzly. They didn't kill it, but they uh, were sitting around the campfire and it yeah. charged through they the, were, well, they, they were, they hung the meat in a tree. They hiked all day. They, they said they had 60 to 80 mile an hour winds. They got to the tree that they'd hung all the meat in to start packing it out. It was six of them. And the way Remy Warren puts it is he's like, we did something you never knew. You never do. We had seen no bears the entire trip. So we decided, well, we'll just have lunch right here. And they sat down to eat sandwiches. And then somebody looked up and it was already running through the woods at him. Somebody rode it down the hill or something. I thought I heard their their buddy dirt myth. He, uh, so one of the guys, everybody scattered one guy's instinct was he picked up his trekking poles and he just straight bitch slapped it with the trekking poles <laughs> and it actually turned this grizzly well when it turned it hit one of their buddies and all they said they saw was his legs going down the mountain they thought <laughs> oh, the bear geez. had him so they all got together and ran down there and he just popped up and apparently it had basically like ran under him and he was laying on its back and it was so big he couldn't roll off of it. And he finally just flew off the edge of it and it just kept going. But it, it kept false charging them for like 20 minutes after that. 
Yeah. Well, I was watching an episode of him, and uh, I forget the other dude's name, and they were up in the Yukon somewhere, I think like Northwest Territory or something like that. And uh, it, it, it was a, a very remote location, and they were hunting bears. And But Ranella wanted to shoot a, a big male bear, and they had a, a sow charge them it, oh, to the point yeah. where his buddy – fired off around and they mm-hmm. were trying to get loud and as tall as possible, I mean, which you're supposed to do. And then it finally turned that, it to last. That minute. was a Ryan Callahan. Yeah. Callahan. And, uh, yeah, yeah. That bear got within like 10 feet of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And then they, it was funny cause they, they made their shots and it ran downhill Yep. and they're like, wow. And then they're like, Oh shit. It ran towards our other guy. <laughs> and then they can't get him on the radio and then all you you can even hear it on their cameras. You can hear somebody down there like bear, Hey bear. bear. <laughs> and they're like, Oh God. And they're like, how close did it get? And he was like, like five feet. Like, <laughs> you ran yeah. him towards me. <laughs> yeah, that video was interesting because like the whole mood changed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. it was like entertaining to the like to one Serious. point, and then all of a sudden it was like, you know, Adrenaline. you're like, oh shit. And you see this thing barreling through the grass. You're like, oh my god, oh my god. You know, because there's well, there's videos out there too of people like chilling by like uh, the rivers in Alaska. Yeah, yeah. Like I saw this one video of somebody on their phone. And then you just see the guy, like he has the phone like out in front of him like this. And he's sitting there and he just turns it, turns the phone and he's just sitting there still. And there's a bear, like a grizzly right there in between him and his friend, like right there on and the grizzly didn't pay any attention to them, you know, just, and then just walked forward, you know, into the river. But they were like, they didn't even hear it come up behind him. Yeah. That, they were just sitting there in like one chair. animal that just yeah. creeped up on you. Yeah. And they were just like, uh, don't move, don't move, don't move. Man, that bear was just like, man, what, what, what y'all throwing? How y'all catching them? Yeah. I'm going to sit here with you guys. Well, I mean, we had a, I had a first this season during grouse camp. Uh, we actually, I mean, it was, it was unseasonably warm. And we actually flushed a black bear. My dog flushed a black bear out of a berry bush. Bet you that surprised the hell out of your dog, too. Thankfully, she didn't get that close. It was close enough where I grabbed the pistol off my hip. Oh, yeah. So, but I mean, that dog, I mean, she didn't chase it. And that bear, like they make a lot of noise when they're running through the woods. Like when they're like, it's time to get, and this was coming off of bear season as well. So, I mean, we run um, for bear season here. You either hunt them over bait or over dogs. So they don't like, they don't like dogs by that point. So either they're going to turn and fight or they're going to run hard. And thankfully this one just ran hard. Just think, think from the dog's perspective. You're expecting something to like fly up, you know, a little fluff of feathers, and that dog's like, "Oh, I got what the fuck is that?" Yeah. Well, that's like uh, that's like uh, Scotty Purse's kid, dude. They they rifle hunt up in Ashland every year, which is pretty much on the banks of Lake Superior, mm-hmm. and uh, they hunt a bunch of BLM lands. Well, they went in because uh, they changed the law. You could set your tree stand up like the night before or something now and leave it set up on public land and uh so they went set the stand and you can bait up there um so they had little corn piles out and his son put a camera out and goes to the camera in the morning before he gets up in his stand it's still dark pulls the chip gets up in his stand there was a freaking black bear at his stand 10 minutes before he walked up to that camera i was like dude (laughs) like I'd be like awesome. looking over both shoulders walking out of the woods then. You See, know, it's, like black bear, it, it's not it's just grizzlies that like the only black, thing I can think of in the woods that like make me like think about it is grizzlies. Black bear, I, I can't wait to encounter my first one. You know, like I hope 
Like I, I I'm I've started putting in for the Kentucky elk tag. Yeah. I hope whenever that finally hits that I get to see black bear like in their wild in the wild doing their thing while I'm out there doing that. Mm-hmm. I do not want that experience if I ever go to Wyoming to hunt elk. Like I hope I don't see one. Like mm-hmm. I don't need to. I will freeze. Supposedly, like, uh, <coughs> you know, and I saw John Rapp in the chat a little bit ago. Um up by him in West Virginia, he says there's black bears everywhere. He said, well, if you want to hunt black him. bears, come up by him. I'll be honest, black bears really don't make me nervous, and that's not actually normally why I carry a pistol on me. I am far more concerned. Like, I'm more concerned for my dog with the amount of wolves we have in Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, but that's yep. a whole different conversation. I didn't know y'all had a wolf nope. population. Oh, Un- yeah, wolf unfortunately, population, yes. Right? Um, but what really concerns me is all the cougars out here. Like, yeah. there's not a lot, but there's enough, and that's like one animal that'll actually. Hunt oh, you. that kind of cougar, my bad. Yeah. yeah, they're they're different up north than they are like down here by us. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, you know, blonde forty five, but no. Oh, they it. might be blonde, but they they got teeth and claws. Yeah, yeah. They still explaining back. the same thing I'm thinking of. They hunt back, remember? <laughs> well, you had an instance with uh with a porcupine. Oh yeah, oh, you were yeah, grouse hunting, cool. right? Oh I uh, yeah. That yeah, we were grouse hunting. No, I didn't take a picture of that. There's no picture. No, who was of it? That. One of us, one of y'all posted a porcupine picture in the chat, though, didn't you? It was Brad. That's all I thought. Maybe. I, maybe, maybe did I take some? Maybe, maybe I did. I, did <laughs> I think it was when it oh, was yeah, in the I tree. Did. Yeah, it was when it was in the tree. So porcupines are unprotected in the state of Wisconsin, and I shoot every single damn one of them I see. I'll say that publicly. I'm not that way. Do they taste I'm, good? Supposedly, yes, but that one got a burial at sea. Because <laughs> oh, all right, all right. If you do, I mean, I know a lot of hunters that take because just because the just because the crazy damage they cause to hunting dogs, upland dogs. Yeah. If you do shoot one, it is wise to not leave it lay on the ground for another dog to find. So most of us will dispose of it in some sort of way or form. Because otherwise, you're really not taste like. You know, I didn't think of eating it at the time. My whole thing was, thankfully, my wife was actually there with me. So I had her take the dog and get it away from us. So it didn't associate the gunshot with this thing. And thankfully, she didn't charge it. And this thing ran up a tree. Um, But yeah, I took it and I threw it in the river. And I don't know, something will eat it. Fish as it decomposes. Oh, yeah. I'm normally not one just to shoot things. But those are little spawns of the devil. Little yeah, they they wreak and, havoc, man. I've seen pictures of those quills and dogs' mouths and stuff oh, like man. that, and they're, it's 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 pretty bad what they do to the hunting dogs. And that's literally worst case scenario for my dog. My dog, I rescued her at six, and she is a complete basket case at the vet where we have to sedate her and muzzle her. So now, if I have a dog with a bunch of quills in its mouth that I can't remove myself, and I need to take her, like. I don't even know how we accomplish this. Like, I really don't. Like, it is literally like one of the worst case scenarios for me with my dog. Because the only, th- like, the only option is like, if, if I'm close to my vet, my vet would draw up a, a syringe of sedation for me and let me use it and let me actually sedate my own dog. But if I'm up north at some random vet and they don't trust me to do something like this, and especially if it's an emergency vet and I can't get them to call my vet. So my vet's like, no, here's the deal. Trust him. He knows what he's doing. We do this all the time. Right. I don't honestly know what we would do. I don't know because it would it's it's worst case scenario. It really hmm. is. Like I've thought yeah. about this, and it is like worst case scenario. Well, if we're all up there, because I want to come up there and hunt with y'all some next year for sure, and we see one, we're gonna shoot it, and I'm gonna cook it. 
Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com <laughs> I, I, you know, I Dude, just he's all about a, just frying up the porcupine. Yeah, you didn't I, I, was, like, <laughs> I mean, have you, honest to God, I haven't so, eaten anything terrible yet. Like squirrels, people say rabbit's not that good. I thought I thought rabbit was great. Rabbit's but, not bad know. as long as you cook it right. I mean, I yeah. didn't shoot rabbits over my dog because she would rather chase fur and I'd rather she chased feathers, so I don't reward said behavior. But I've shot plenty of rabbits before and they eat good. I got no yeah. problem with that. And I just had this conversation online in a Wisconsin bird hunting group about like was porcupines being unprotected. And I would say 70% say pretty much shoot them on site. But there was a handful of guys that said, take them and cook them. You'd be shocked. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, Again, going back to the meteor guys, like something you wouldn't think. I mean, nowadays that people would would eat like beaver, you know, yeah. he, and even certain like the tail stuff like that, like learning about all this and seeing there's so many different recipes for things that you'd never think about. Like, it's just got me intrigued to like try all of it. Like, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't go outside and like shoot a little finch or something like that and try to cook that right, little bitty bird. Right. But that'd be a really like a toothpick. Like kebab. no, I saw I saw he yeah. did one. He did an episode where they cooked. Uh, he cooked up some raccoon man, and everybody that was there, like he didn't tell them what it was until after they ate it, and everybody was like, "That was phenomenal." I'm pretty you sure know, that I, was Bo Jackson's recipe too, which was hilarious that he got it from like Southern like football player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing with a lot of wild game. It, it's all about preparation right you know like and that starts in the field yeah like venison like you know you could overcook that and it's just like easily chewing on a tire you know like i i run into so many people that are like man i had venison that stuff's horrible and i'm like yep. yeah the person that probably prepared it overcooked it and that's why you have that opinion here let me cook some for you and you'll change your mind completely the only thing what what i hear a lot of folks talk about the gaming taste doesn't come from overcooking you know somebody shot that ruddy buck you know like yeah and when they got all that pumping through them they do taste different but there's ways to get around it but most of uh, the people i talk to that don't like it they're like it just leaves a taste in your mouth and it's well eat a dough i've never heard heard the taste thing i think it's more like it's it's rubbery you know it's like the thing that i always hear which is with yeah. all lean meats. I mean, like that squirrel that I had before. Man, that thing was so <laughs> hard to chew. The, oh something my, it I was so from... overcooked. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's easy to overcook well, them, though. But I mean, also, like, like you can get, like, as long as, like, a big thing, too, for, like, deer is, like, getting it cooled down. Like, getting yeah. it spread open, getting it hung, getting it yeah. cooled down. Like, you don't want that thing to sit there and cook in its skin for hours. Sure. Mm-hmm. At least as much as you possibly can, like to get it yeah. to cool down. That makes a big difference in how well it tastes as well. For sure. Yeah, that that plays a huge role in early season. And and obviously for guys down south year round, I mean, you guys don't really get, you know, too cold down there. But I mean, like that dough, you know, I that I shot during rifle season, I gave her 30 minutes or so. And then I went and drug her up the hill out of the marsh. She was already getting stiff, got her field dressed, 
threw her in the back of the truck and by the time i got home she was like an ice cube because it was so cold and i took her to the processor you know so and they're usually pretty good too as soon as they get a deer in they're uh they're they're skinning it and all that stuff within a couple of hours you know so Have, have you ever thought about doing all the butchering yourself I have. have. Like, I've done it. Like, I've not just thought about it. I've done it. Yeah. I did it this year, too. So, I me, that's what I'll do with my first one, just because I see two, like, my buddy, you know, uh, my buddy and his son both got one this weekend during the youth hunt, and he was talking about all the waste he saw. Like, guys will shoot one, drop it off, and they'll be like, I want, you know, they tell them what they want, but they basically, they throw out the ribs, a lot of them don't take the neck roast, which blows my mind. <coughs> like they want, they want legs and loins, you know, and that, you that's know, just, there's so much other stuff you can take out of it. So it all depends on your processor too. So I like yeah. I have a good friend of mine that does his own, like owns Like he processes deer at his house. It's his business. I trust he Like I get all my meat off my deer and he does, he charges me 60 bucks. It's not worth my time for 60 bucks. I'll pay him to do it. To be oh, honest. Yeah. No, see down here, it's over a hundred. It, no, I mean, minimum and he grinds it too. Like as much as I want ground, he'll grind right away for me as That's well. Awesome. Like he doesn't, he doesn't make his mix in pork or anything, which is fine. I can do that on my own, but I mean, to pay him 60 bucks and I had it back 12 hours later. Mm-hmm. So that's different. If we had that opportunities, those opportunities down here, it'd be a no brainer. Cause like for me, you know, if it happens, cause we, you know, our season goes all the way to end of February. Like I don't have a grinder. I had to go yeah. buy a grinder. I'm going to have to go source, you know, like pork back fat to cut it with or, you know, whatever. See, I don't have any of that yeah. stuff in the processor. I take my deer to it, it. It's over a hundred and it depends on weight. Like if it's uh, under mm-hmm. 160 or over 160, but he, he gets all that scrap meat that you're talking about. A lot of it goes into grind and stuff. Um, but you know, that's the thing too. Like knowing your processor, like, you know, I know there's many processors in, in this area where, you know, they'll weigh your scrap meat and then they'll grind it with 20 other deer scrap meat. Well, you don't know how long, like Brad said, somebody left a deer sit before they got it opened up and, mm-hmm. you know, cleaned out or, you know, That's maybe a, how they, good of a job they even cleaned out. Like I've exactly. Read, I've Whereas, seen some really gnarly looking gut jobs at yeah. big processors before where I'm like, yeah. Ugh, that's disgusting. The, Whereas our processor, you're getting your deer back and he's yeah. putting all that stuff in the scrap. And, uh, you know, the big thing for me is like, you know, that 120 bucks or whatever it is and he does all the grind he grinds the pork in for the cost of the pork and that's it Mm -hmm. but like i can drop that off and i can get back out in the woods rather than taking a whole day processing a deer you know what i mean like that's what's important to me like my hunting time's limited and i try to take that you know as far as i can so not having to have that worry you know Plus, he does all the specialty sausages and stuff like that. You know, a lot of times I don't get a ton of that stuff. Um, I'll get some breakfast sausage and some Italian sausage, but he doesn't charge you for that if you do it in bulk. If you get it in links or patties or whatever, then he charges extra for that. But if it's just in a bulk one pound package, there's no upcharge for that, which is a huge win, I think. They, uh, the one down here that I'm talking about, the this uh, processor, like they're great people and they do a good job. We just brought up, you know, like waste. And I was talking about like deer hearts and deer liver and sure. cough 
uh, call fat and the paunch and stuff like that. And he's like, Oh God, he's like, if you want it, I can get you tons of it. Cause nobody asks for it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, went home thinking, well, hell yeah, I could get that, that stuff for not even having to do any work. But then like we just talked about, I'm like, well, good Lord though. I don't know what was the process before it got here. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like I trust yeah. him. I don't trust whoever right. gave it to him. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing, you know? Yeah. It takes a while yeah, to do it, man. It, I, I did it for the first time this year. Go ahead, Brad. I was going to say, it's a good skill to know, Jay. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. And I just wanted to learn it, you know, but it took a while. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, you, you get your deer, you bring it somewhere. You got to have some kind of a facilitation of sorts to like have a table, have somewhere you can hang it, you know, and then start quartering it up. And then that's just the beginning of it. Um, Cause then you got to take it to another, you know, wherever, wherever you're going to process it all the way, um, you know, and cut it up into smaller parts. I mean, I don't know all the cuts, Yeah, you know, um, that comes with time, but um, it takes time. Yeah. Like it, you definitely, if you're going to do it, be prepared, you know, cause it's I was gonna just going to use the Japanese maple out back. Hang her up <laughs> yeah. in that. And then when my wife came home, I'm going to have her like spread Eagle or yeah. well, at that point it'll be quarters. But just all over the. I was going to say you're going to have her do what and like where is this yeah. conversation yeah. going, Jimmy? Sorry, wrong her. <laughs> Not you, honey. The deer. Get her priorities straight. It, well, it's yeah. it's worth it though because I, I mean I invested so I've got a slicer for actually doing like not ground jerky but real jerky from cuts i've got a tr- i've got a slicer i've got a grinder Ooh. i've got a sausage stuffer i've got a mixer i mean i have everything to process my deer from the field all the way into like hot sticks or brats or mm-hmm. breakfast sausages i can do all that and i've done it before i have the smokers to do it i've got ways of cold smoking if i need to I, I can you do got it all, money, Brad. We get it. You're rich. We understand. Yeah. This is this is like <laughs> ten years worth of buying crap. But but it's it's just a lot of time. I mean, it, I mean, it's a full day of if I'm going to make sausage, yeah. it's a it's a full day endeavor of just like yep. getting the cure and the seasoning mixed in, and then getting everything in, the, like trying to have enough room in the fridge to have everything sit for 24 hours so that cure can take effect before you even toss it in the smoker. And then like how I've learned to smoke it from like reading different things is you start at a really low temperature until it hits a certain, like 110 degrees only for a certain amount of time. And then as that meat comes up, you can slowly increase your temperature with the meat until you hit your actual temperature you want, which is an extremely drawn out process. And if you actually want to keep throwing wood chips at it and actually, cause I use an electric smoker for that because I need those lower temperatures from the recipes I use, you're constantly adding wood chips and it yeah. is a, it is a, two day ordeal just to make sausage at this house. See that yeah. the, the one thing that appeals to me about doing it would be because I'm not big on game sausage. I'm, I'm not, I'm not big on sausage at, at all, you know? Sure. So, so I would skip that whole process. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, cause that, that is the most like time taxing thing is the sausage. And I've, you know, I could just skip all that cause I'm not going to do any of that. That's the only reason I've considered investing in the equipment to do it well see that's the that thing point, like go ahead, go ahead Brian. i was no, gonna no, say no, at that ahead. point all you need is a solid grinder that's yeah. all you need yeah and as you're as you're cutting up like your scrap and grinding it for burgers or whatever else it's super easy like throw a couple pieces of deer in there and toss a piece of pork in. like yeah. and it's gonna like pretty much do a really decent a good enough job of mixing in enough fat for you to use use that as you go 
Sure. Yeah. Do you do you run it through a second time, Brad? Or do you when I'm doing one? sausage, I'll double grind. It's See, I was, the, the, the guy that I've talked to about doing it that does it told me that he double grinds everything that, you know, mm-hmm. burger, anything. He's like, I, he, he cubes it, he coarse grinds it, he packs it back tight, goes to a fine grind, cuts it back in again, and then it's, you know, wherever that meat goes from there on out. I wouldn't mind getting a slice or two, though. That'd take so much time out of running a knife to make jerky because i'm getting sick of that part of it yeah oh, it's, it's awesome but you can use the slice like my slicer gets used so much more for like making sandwich meat so i'll buy a huge package of like pork rib ends and i'll season them all and smoke them and then i'll slice them all for sandwich meat and that's just anytime throughout the year like and i, I hope you come to del hollow because i'm gonna you and you gonna have to cook <laughs> Am I, hey, I was making i was kicked making out of my cooking sandwich. duties <laughs> you you're making breakfast Brad's making dinner. How was that breakfast sandwich, Jay, while Brian was out out in the marsh? Yeah, you sons of bitches. (laughs) That was payback. I'm not going to go out this morning. I'm going to drive home. That's right. How you like my breakfast sausage? You going back out this afternoon? I think I'll go with you. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Jay had a rough evening. Jay had a rough evening, and he needed a little break. He did. He did. Hey, hold it. Before we go, we didn't get to your rescue story. I need to hear this. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. Oh, Jay's rescue story. Oh, how you like that? Brought up the breakfast sandwich rescue story comes into play. (laughs) (laughs) I was just stuck in the marsh, dude. No, I had to walk through the marsh in the middle. I mean, it's, there was spots where you would sink over your knee, you know? And so, so me and Eric are by the road (laughs) and, uh, we're we're waiting for Jay. No, no, wait. Jay, Jay drove separately, and I was all the way in the back. He was all the way in the back, and we're like, "Well, let's wait for Jay." And we were all staying at Brad's house, right? So, you know, me and Eric are sitting there talking about you know the hunt and plans for the next day and this and that. And I'm like, "Where the hell is Jay?" And then all of a sudden, you hear like, "Fuck you, dear! <laughs> this, fuck this!" Ah! No! And I'm like, is he okay? And then like Eric calls Jay because I think my phone was like dead or I had no I had no signal because my signal goes in and out there. And Jay's like, like you couldn't even make out. You could just tell he was super frustrated and he was he was in disturbance. And like we walk out there, like we head out there. 
moving pretty quickly because we knew he was in distress. And like you walk up to Jay and he's literally got like mud on his bibs, like up to like almost his crotch. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> what did you do? And he's like, I'm not going back there tomorrow. Nope. <laughs> nope. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Screw this. Uh, he's like, I freaking fell on my back. I'm in yeah. the mud. I can't get out. My rifle's going to get. Oh, dude. Dude, I was pissed because, dude, there was a point where I like both of my legs got stuck. I mean, it's the point where you have to use your, your hands to pull your legs out. My soul you know? sucks any nastiness. Dude, I was oh, yeah. almost losing my boot on one of them, too. And uh, and I remember and then the one time actually when they were coming, this is pretty much when I just had it. And it was in like it's pitched, it's pitch black, by the way. So it's like you can't see anything except for like with your headlamp. I end up like getting both legs stuck and then I end up falling backwards. And, and there's nothing but water around me. And I'm like, I'm like, I can't put my I'm like thinking I can't put my arm in this. I'm like, oh, I'm laying on my gun. I'm like, I'm 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 sorry. I'm just like, and I'm like, and I'm not even that far from the road, really, but Dude, Clearly, it, they heard you. <laughs> it was dude, like we heard him, and he yeah. was probably a good 150 yards yeah. away. I mean, dude, I came back if like, not I, further. I went to the like the corner of the. I don't even know. I must he went way back, three in the or four hundred yards away, maybe in that marsh. So I'm like, I don't know. It was far, dude. And I mean, when you got marsh involved, and like, and it's funny because you'll like one step's good, one step's good, the other step's good, and then this one's bad. Like <laughs> you, know, you just sink, you know, and you're just like. And you're like, shit, I almost got away with it. You know, and you get that leg up, you know, I don't know how I didn't get water going up my bibs, man. I mean, I got 17 inch boots on, but I mean, I don't know how I didn't get wet. Like, it just so he was, he was free though. When y'all found him or was he still uh, stuck? I, no, I, I he was just gotten free. Yeah. I think he had just gotten free. But I, like... I saw like headlights, like Eric was like walking on water. Like he was making good time. I just saw like a headlamp just like. I'm like, holy god! I just remember going, holy shit! He's like, he's moving fast. I'm like, I was like, I don't know if that's Brian or who, but like, Eric's like, you all right, dude? You all right? You know? And I'm like, no, I was just, you know, and I was just, I hadn't eaten anything all day really, because um, these guys went to lunch that day, right? So, because I told Brian, I was like, if I leave here, I'm not coming back. Yeah. Like, I'm not coming back out here because I saw a deer at the end of the day, by the way. But that's a whole nother. Like, I spooked it because I had the light right on me, the sun was shining on me. Anyway. Um, so I did see a deer back there, so it was worth being back there. It's just that the whole situation just sucked, yeah. you know. And I never, in like, was it the next day? I'm like, is there marsh there? Because I'm not going if there's marsh. <laughs> I'm just not, you know. I'm like, I'm just not doing it. I don't care. It's like that's where the deer. Are. Don't care. Don't I, care. It, it was marsh, but it wasn't a soft marsh. Like yeah. if you that piece of public, if you would go further back into that south southeast corner there's soft marsh back there but he would have been uh, hell dragging yeah. a deer out of there yeah it would have been rough it was almost hell dragging jay out there. no dude i'm telling well, you i think i think if you would have shot a deer back there it probably the safest bet would be to drag it up through brad i would have called property. brad yeah. yeah yeah well he knew i was right on the edge yeah. i was yeah. i was sitting right on the edge of their property i was like right on the edge <laughs> of it and i'm like i'm like dude because there's a gate right there too i think but i think there's a gate right off that corner or something. There's some kind know. of barrier off the public land. But anyway, yeah, I, any type of, there shouldn't be any. Well, type of I, I think there's like there's some this kind is of when you find out Jay was on the wrong piece of property. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> How'd you see that gate, son? Because yeah. uh, you can only see that. All right. on our All right. property. But, but this is like this is what I envision when I hear this story. Like I just made this for you, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Please, God, that is the thumbnail for this freaking episode. Yeah, you have to send that to me. I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, I'm not saying it's not true, but... You, I could tell Brad was working on something because he wasn't really reacting yeah. to anything. And I'm so excited for this. Well, this Brad's heard the story like probably this. four times yeah. by now. And I remember you standing in my kitchen like, I was like a turtle. Yeah, it sucked, dude. <laughs> like, just imagine having both your legs stuck past your knees and you fall back and there's nothing but water everywhere and you got a backpack on. You got a rifle across your yeah. back. It's like, it's not a great situation. It does get pretty- And it's cold. Well, I remember cold, you know? I remember last year when we went back there, like it wasn't bad because everything was frozen because yeah. we went for that late doe season back there. So you were basically walking on hard ground because yeah. like the water spots were all ice. Yeah. You know, but we I didn't have our close calls, of course, in that area. Yeah. But I didn't yeah. think it'd be that bad where you were sinking in and, yeah. you know, past your knees. But I'm just glad I didn't see a deer like over that 200 yard stretch because. Yeah. Like I didn't probably wouldn't even know when I was getting myself into because I was already just start walking in the creek. I was like, I'm just walking the creek, dude. I was like, I don't know what else to do. I was like, you this, I know that's the way out. Stuck, he would have still shot a deer if he'd seen it too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, I think that's the point where you just, uh, you know, I had the kayak. We would have floated it back down that creek. And yeah, it was just drag it to the creek and yeah, paddle back. It's up, super but... sketch, man. Like I'm telling yeah. you, like if you see, and that's the thing though, like the marshes, that's where the deer are. They just are because they know guys like me don't want to go back there, you know? So that's where they're going to hide. you like, I actually had a guy told me too, like, he's like, whenever you buy land, he's like, buy land with bottom land. Yeah. He's like, you always want to buy, you know, bottom land with land because that's where the bucks are going to go. Bottom land and some timber. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just awful. Like wherever those most off, like those awful spots, uh, spots are like in your area, hunt them because that's where they are. Oh yeah. You know? All right, we've been going an hour and twenty four, so let's <laughs> let's wrap this thing up. Uh, Jimmy, Brad, thanks for joining us tonight, man. Uh, a lot of fun just talking all kinds of random hunting topics. Yeah, uh, we will be back next week. I think uh, we'll jump back into the uh, the after hours next week. That'll be uh, our last full week of the season for season four for paddle and fin and then we go on our holiday break uh it sounds like we are going to do a a show that thursday before christmas a little christmas special with all the hosts and stuff so be on the lookout for that uh but as usual we're here every thursday seven central eight eastern five o'clock out on the west coast till next time boys and girls tight lines smooth paddle peace Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. (laughs) Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss life on the water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. (laughs) The destination for outdoor entertainment.